there, and welcome to the Monday edition of Following the Truth. Today is July the 5th. It's a brand new week, and if you are participating in our Give Up Worry for Good program, we are entering into week four. This week is all about do what you can. Do what you can to fix your problems. And let me tell you something. This is arguably the single most uh our single greatest weakness when it comes to to worrying it's the idea of we want to do not just what we can but we want to do what we can you know if that makes sense and that's this is how we get ourselves into trouble and i think it's really good that we do spend a week focusing on the fact that yeah god wants to help you with your problems no doubt about it he is all powerful and he wants to help us as we try to to navigate through this difficult process called life. And yeah, no doubt, it can be difficult. We have many challenges. He wants to help us, but he doesn't want us to completely sit still and let him do nothing. You know, I, I, I've told you before that I tend to be a black and white type person. It's either this or that. I have trouble with, with gray areas. It's always, it's always been a struggle for me. And look, I spent... 30 years in the software development industry. So I I tend to look at things as either yes or no, you know, one or the other. So either, God, you want me to to turn to you to fix my problems, which I'm good with, or not. And when I I start to turn to him and recognize that, yeah, he wants to fix my problems, I got to be careful that I don't just say, forget it, I'm not doing anything. I'm going to let God fix it. He'll handle everything. But that's not the way he wants it. And as we, as we set the stage today, as we talk about the, uh, the day one material for week four, do what you can, we're going to talk about the fact that God wants us to do something, but he doesn't want us to do everything. It's a cooperation. It's a partnership between us and God. This is how life works. This is how giving up worry works. I know it doesn't make sense. He should just do it. It's going to get done a lot better, but, but that's not the way he planned it. So, Let's talk about that today. Let's talk about how do we know? How do we know? What, what, we're, what are we supposed to do? How much am I supposed to do? When am I trying to do too much? When do I need to just sit back and trust? Or when do I need to keep pushing forward? I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to give me some ideas, and I will share some of the material in the book. I'm going to try to supplement the material in the book as well. And I have something that, if we get time, I want to read from the gospel from today's Daily Mass as well. So, hope you could settle in, make yourself at home, and I'm really so glad to, to um, have you with me. I realize that not everybody who listens to this show is based in the United States. If you are someone who lives in the United States, I hope you had a fantastic Independence Day. hope you spend some time thanking God for, for your freedom. You know, um, I, I couldn't help but think about this. And, and I, I've, I've told you before, I am not a naturally grateful person. I'm a complainer. I'm a whiner. That's, that's what I've done for most of my life. But after coming through this pandemic, not only am I grateful for the fact that I live in a free country, I mean, that, that is certainly something I am grateful for, but I am grateful that I can go to the store, unlike last July the 4th go to the store without a mask and travel around freely without fear of getting sick from COVID. You know, things are open. Things are much better than they were last year. All praise to God for that. I am so thankful. So I just hope you had a great weekend. I really hope you did appreciate 
you spend some time thanking God for the freedom that we all have. And, you know, no matter, and here's the beautiful thing about it. Even if we don't have freedom, even people who live in countries where religious freedom is suppressed and they can't freely worship, nobody can stop us from worshiping God. Whether we do it privately or if we're able to do it publicly, nobody can stop us from turning to God in the privacy of our home, wherever we are. People have done it in jail cells when they were hurt, when they were held captive for their religious beliefs. Nobody can stop us from turning and worshiping our Creator. I mean, it's it's a great blessing, and we're going to pray in just a couple of, of minutes, and, and, and I'm going to bring some of this to prayer. Just the ability to address God and to thank Him and to ask Him for what we need, I mean, that's just an amazing, amazing uh, opportunity and, and gift, you know? So with that in mind, let's turn to our Father in Heaven and, and offer our prayers up to him. Okay, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, thank you for giving us the freedom to be able to turn to you in prayer. Not only do we have the freedom to do this, Father, but we know that you are always available for us. We know that you always listen. We know, Father, that you love us unconditionally. We know that you are all-powerful. But, Father, for some reason that is possibly in, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? For some unknown reason, for a reason that we can't fully comprehend, you have chosen to let us cooperate with you in solving our problems and in giving up worry and experiencing peace. You don't want to just fix everything with, without us. So therefore, Father, we pray for the, the wisdom to know what we should do, how we should act, when we should stop praying for a specific need. I'm sorry, when we should stop, I shouldn't say stop praying, when we should stop doing things to try to fix a problem in our lives and when we should turn it over to you and just trust. Sometimes we don't know how to, how to, how to do that, when we should stop. Father, we pray for all of our needs this day. Pray, pray for world peace. I pray, Father, for anyone who doesn't know you, that they may come to know you and come to know that come that come to know the peace the peace that results from a relationship with you through your son Jesus. Father, I ask you that I ask that you use me as your instrument today. Please give me the words, guide my thoughts as I go about this show. And please open all of our hearts and minds to be receptive to your message. Heavenly Father, we ask these things in the most holy and sacred name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Thanks for praying with me. My name is Gary Zimek. You are listening to Following the Truth. Today is July the 5th. It's the beginning of a new week. Week 4, Forgive Up Worry for Good. Do what you can. That is the theme of today's show, and I'm so glad to have you with me on the program. And i got to let you know something. Um, before the show started, I forgot to grab my beverage du jour, so I am beverageless, and I'm going to try to do, to do this show without any beverage. Normally I have some water or coffee or some kind of exotic beverage. i got nothing today, so say a little prayer that my voice holds out and I don't have to, because I, once I start... 
I, I don't want to stop the recording so that I have to go get something. I don't want to hold you up. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, it is great. to. I, I feel pretty good. I think we can do this. It's beautiful here in southern New Jersey. Kind of warm, but that's all right. It's summer. That's what's supposed to happen. I hope that you are comfortable wherever you are. I hope you're ready to get started. I hope you're enjoying the Give Up Worry for Good summer program. Before we begin, I just want to point you to my website, followingthetruth.com, for more information. And also, just so you know, I alluded to this the other day. I'll say it again just quickly. We are in the process of loading up all of these programs, these podcasts, plus the daily email reflections so that my, my daughter, my daughter is Mary is helping me. She's helping me to load up all these things as, as, as blog posts. So what's going to happen in the future, if you know somebody who wants to go through, give up worry for good, along with these podcasts and my daily email reflections, they're all going to be accessible on my website, followingthetruth.com. So that's going to be good. If anybody wants to do this in the future, but stay tuned for more information about that. We're putting them up gradually, and by the time this eight-week program is done, or shortly thereafter, we're going to have it available, and it'll be a simple matter of clicking on a, a button on followingthetruth.com, and then there'll be links to each one of the podcasts, as well as the, the, the daily um, the daily email reflections. Because I know people are going to want to do this after the the initial run of this, this eight-week program. Uh, uh, process. So I did this before with a retreat that I did, and it was very popular. So keep that in mind if you know anybody, and I'll keep you posted as we as we go further. But uh, you'll be able to, and maybe you'll even want to go back and do it again, get a copy of Give Up Worry for Good, and go through these podcasts and look at the daily email reflections. So that's going to be coming. So stay tuned for that. All right, let's take a look at the, uh, the material for this new week. Do what you can. You know, I, I alluded to the fact in yesterday's email reflection that hey, for those of us who like to be in control, this is our week because God says, all right, you can help me. I'm going to let you help me to fix your life. And you know, he doesn't have to do that. He could do everything for us, but he chooses to involve us. He, choo- he chooses to involve us in the process. He will come, he will come to our assistance. He will help us with our problems. He will uh, intervene when necessary, but He does expect us to do something. And, you know, honestly, the very fact that you're going through this program, that's doing something. So you're doing something about eliminating the worry in your life and letting God help you. Really good thing. The the Bible verse that I use to kick off this week is from the wedding at Cana, John chapter 2, verse 7. Jesus said to the servers, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. So that's John chapter 2, verse 7. And um, that's what we are, uh, that's what we are looking at today in this, as we kick off week four of this process, the process of give up worry for good. All right, let's see what we got here. So I mentioned the wedding at Cana. Jesus was about to perform his first miracle. He's about to perform his first miracle But what did he do? He allowed the servers to fill up the jugs that were standing there with water, which would subsequently be turned into wine. But they had to follow his directions. They had a part to play in saving the day, in performing the miracle. And that part was to fill up the jugs with water, not with wine, but with water. 
And then Jesus would do the heavy lifting, if you want to call it that, and turn that, that, that water into wine. So really, in the same way, we're all called to do what we can to cooperate with Jesus. You know, he's got his role. We have our, our role to cooperate and do what we can to, to fix our problems. And, and I, you know, I, I give a, a few examples in the book, and we're going to look at an example from Scripture as well. But I, I give the example of something that, um, something that is, is personal to me. When I originally set up my website, I had no idea how to set up a website. Even though I was a software guy, that's not the kind of software I did. So I found somebody who was able to set up the website, do all the heavy lifting, if you will, to do all the things that I couldn't do. And then the reason he did it that he was able to do it that way so he could save me the expense of having him do the day-to-day operations. He set it up in such a way that I would be able to maintain it once we set it up. But he had his job and I had my job. And it worked really well when I got in trouble and there was a point when I needed to, when there there is a point when I need to turn to him, I turn to him and let him fix it. But for the most part, I handle the day-to-day operations of the website. And really that's, that's the way that the Lord has set it up in our lives as well. He has given us a brain. I heard somebody say that one time, and I think it was great advice. You know, God gave us brains. He expects us to do something. So if you're struggling with a health issue, yeah, he expects you to pray about it, but he also expects you to go to the doctor. He expects you to follow the, the advice of the doctor to take your medicine. You know, if, you, if, you're, if you're worried about not having enough money in case you die suddenly and how is your family going to live, well, he expects you to, to get life insurance. There are certain things that the Lord expects us to do. And then when we do that, when we do our role, he'll supplement by doing his role. Now, in the, um, and, and you know, like I said at the start of the show, for those of us who tend to like to be in control, and I would say most of us who, who are anxious, we like to be in control. And that's one of the reasons we allow ourselves to become so anxious is because we can't control certain things in life. The scripture reading that I use for day one of this this new week of uh, Give Up Worry for Good comes from Mark's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 30 through 44. Why don't we read it, and then I'll talk a little bit about it, okay? The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a lonely place and rest a while. For many were coming and going. And they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a lonely place by themselves. Now many saw them going and knew them. And they had ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great throng and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, this is a lonely place. And the hour is now late. Send them away to go to the country and villages round about and buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And Jesus said to them, how many loaves have you? Go and see. When they had found out, they said five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down by companies upon the green grass. 
So they sat down in groups by hundreds and in, by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. Now we're talking about 5,000 men plus women and children. So possibly up to 12,000 people ate on those five loaves and two fish. And I, and I think it's really neat. This, the, the way this story, this gospel story is told, it, it, just, it, it just gives us such a, such a great illustration of, how the way the, of the way that the Lord can work in our lives. The, the apostles of Jesus are telling him, Lord, we can't possibly, let's send these people away, these approximately 12,000 people who need to be fed. Let's send them away so they can buy food. And Jesus said, you give them something to eat. And you see what happened. They realized in a hurry they didn't have what it took to feed that many people, what it would take to feed that many people. They realized they couldn't do it by themselves. But that didn't mean they couldn't do anything. Jesus could have easily came up with that food and fed the people himself. But you see, the way he chose to do it is a great illustration for us. He said, you give them something to eat. Then they realized they weren't able to do this on their own. But Jesus intervened and he said, all right, give me what you have. Five loaves, two fish, give that to me. Now, it still wasn't enough. But when Jesus took it, he multiplied it. And this is where the miracle takes place. Just like we saw at Cana, where the water was turned into wine, Jesus took those five loaves and two fish, and he multiplied them so that it would be enough to feed all of those people. Again, 12,000 people approximately. But what did he do? Jesus didn't walk around and distribute the food or tell the people, come up and get your food. He gave it back to those same apostles who just told him, we can't do this. We can't feed these people. We don't have what it takes. But remember when Jesus said to them, you feed them? Ultimately, that's exactly what happened. But what's missing, what's missing from that story are the details that we just filled in. And that's what they didn't understand. They didn't understand how they could feed the people. But once they saw Jesus perform the miracle, it became obvious But what would have happened if they didn't give Jesus those five loaves and two fish? What would have happened if they refused to distribute the miraculously multiplied bread and fish to the people? The people wouldn't have gotten fed. So you see that the the apostles here, they couldn't multiply the loaves and the fish by themselves. And yet they didn't have enough to get the job done on their own. But when Jesus got involved, everything changed. And I think that's the lesson for each of us. And I think it's a great lesson that we all need to learn. Sure, you and me, we don't have what it takes to make it through the day. We just don't. But with the Lord working on our behalf, we have more than enough to deal with whatever it is that he allows to come into our lives. Because if we didn't, if that was not the case, if we didn't have enough, then he wouldn't have allowed whatever circumstances are happening in your life and my life to take place. 
The Lord knows what we are able to handle with his cooperation. He knows that. And that's what he sends into our lives or allows to happen in our lives. Remember, he's infinitely powerful. So even if you're very weak and you're carrying a heavy cross right now, know that he can handle it. He's going to have to do some extra work to help you. That's okay. He's willing to do it, and he's more than capable. In the, um, in, the, in the book, I mentioned five truths to keep in your heart this week. Let me just read them quickly. We'll talk very briefly about them. Number one, God expects us to do what we can in handling our problems. That's what this week is going to be all about. He expects us to do what we can. Number two, we should concentrate on doing our job and not God's job. That's the problem when we start to play the what-if game and projecting into the future. What if this never gets better? What if this horrible scenario happens? Well, you know, What if the, the worst case develops? Well, that's God's job. The future is his job. Our job is the present. Number three, miracles can occur when we do our best and let God do the rest. We see it at Cana. We see it with the feeding of the 5,000. Number four, trying to control the uncontrollable or doing God's job will only lead to anxiety. It really will because we cannot control what is beyond our control. And lastly, when there is nothing else you can do to fix your problem, God is asking you to trust him. So that's the, um, that's the point that I raised earlier in, in the program. What do we, how do we know? How do we know when we have done enough? Well, Essentially, you, you got to do what you can. First of all, if you have a problem right now, pray about it. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. That's, that's something you, we always need to be doing every day. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you, let you know what you should do, and then do what you can. It really is as simple as that. And at that point, just turn it over to the Lord and say, Lord, if there's anything else you, let, you need to let me know, Let me know and I'll do it. And something might happen tomorrow. Something might pop up tomorrow that he wants you to handle. But for right now, if there's nothing else you can do, and this happens to us all the time, then you got to trust him. You got to trust. And that's what he wants you to do. He oftentimes gets us to the point where we can't do anything else, where all we can do is trust him. And that's how we grow in faith. I mentioned the gospel from today's daily mass. I want to read this quickly for you. It's Matthew chapter 9, verses 18 through 26. While Jesus was speaking, an official came forward, knelt down before him and said, My daughter just died, but come lay your hand on her and she will live. Jesus rose and followed him. And so did his disciples. A woman suffering hemorrhages for 12 years came up behind him and touched the tassel on his cloak. She said to herself, If only I can touch his cloak, I shall be cured. Jesus turned around and he saw her and he said, Courage, daughter, your faith has saved you. And from that hour, the woman was cured. When Jesus arrived at the official's house and saw the flute players in the crowd who were making a commotion, he said, Go away. The girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. When the crowd was put out, he came and took her by the hand and the little girl arose And news of this spread throughout all that land. You know, there's so many things I can talk about here in these stories. But the point I wanted to make, which really ties into this week of doing what you can, we see here two people who had the presence of mind and the faith to go to Jesus because they knew that he could help them. 
with their problems. They knew that Jesus could help him, help them with their problems. Now, last week, we focused on turning to the Lord for help. But you know what? You know what's interesting. And the reason I want to bring this up is because turning to the Lord for help, even though we talked about it last week, is actually one of the things that fall into this week's category as well. Do what you can. And the one thing that we can always do, no matter how bleak our circumstances look, no matter how hopeless that problem appears to be, is turn to the Lord for help. That's what we saw in that gospel reading that we looked at a few minutes ago with the feeding of the 5,000 men. The apostles turned to Jesus. They turned to him and said, send these people away. They were looking for help to feed the people, but they were, they were really underestimating what Jesus could do. And see, that's kind of like us sometimes. And he told them, he was directing them. This is why it's important that we pray when we have these problems in our lives. He, he redirected them. And he said, okay, I know there's a problem. I know these people need to eat, but I want you to feed them. But they said, we can't. We don't have enough. And he said, all right, come to me. Give me what you got. And then he took care of it. But you see that dialogue? And that's the dialogue between us and the Lord that has to happen in our lives. And that's the way we are going to be able to solve what problems come our way. We'll solve them in the best way possible. And the way that the Lord wants them solved, it's going to be a joint effort between us and him. And once our problems become solvable, and, and you know, solvable is a, is a tricky term. Sometimes the problems will go away. Other times the problems won't go away. Other times the, sometimes the outcome will be pleasing to us and There'll be times when the outcome will not be pleasing to us. But the key is that with God's grace, we can get through whatever it is that comes into our lives and we can have peace. You know, you might think you you might want that chronic illness that you're suffering from to be taken away. But there are times when the Lord will say, no, what I'm going to do is give you peace but not take the illness away. I mean, you just don't know sometimes, but that's where the submissive, submissiveness to God comes in, the trusting in, in His providence for our lives. It's tricky, I know. It's tricky, but I'll tell you this much, it gets easier the more you do it. So as we begin this week focused on doing what we can, let's pray for the grace to be able to know the difference, to be able to differentiate or discern what we're supposed to do, and what the Lord is supposed to do. And, you know, I mean, it's probably uh, an overgeneralization, but maybe not really. If there's anything you can do about the problem you're facing right now, do it. Do it. You know, try. Try something. That's okay. The Lord, if He doesn't want something to go, if you know, he, if He doesn't want to, to uh, if you try something and that's not His will, it's not going to work anyway. So, But try it. If you could do something about your problems, do it, and then trust him with the rest. All right? Hey, any questions, please email me, Gary, at followingthetruth.com. I want to thank you for listening to the program. God willing, I'll be back here with you tomorrow as we continue our Give Up Worry for Good series. God bless you. Have a great night, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.